Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome. That sounded like the horse races, didn't it? That was great. Welcome to Tempe Center for the Arts, ladies and gentlemen. Just, I'm right behind you, and you can't see me, I swear you can. But um, we'd like to welcome you all to the uh, Class Clowns Showcase. It's the longest running comedy extravaganza in the valley. And uh, on your tables, there are some uh, pieces of paper. You can fill out and put your email on there. You can win VIP tickets, and you can also win Spam for Life, courtesy of Matt Martin. Thank you, I know, I know. Um, also, we have two rules. You need to have as much fun as humanly possible, and also keep your table talk to a minimum. And um, right now, we're gonna uh, introduce the host for the show. You've seen him before. We're gonna see him again, Mr. Tony Visick. Let's hear it for Tony Visick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, the Tempe Center for the Arts. How's everybody doing? Good mood. Fantastic. Um, we'd like to urge you, if you're like sitting in the back, uh, move up a little closer. Uh, sit with strangers. If you like, if they're sitting, they look really comfortable. Sit next to them and stare at them. So um, it'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, move up if you if you see it in a good spot. We want everybody to have a wonderful time. Uh, my name is Tony Visick. I have been producing this show, Class Clowns, for now uh, 15 years running. This is the show that see, has seen people go all the way from their very first showcase to national television. We uh, have people who have been on uh, 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 Laugh TV on Fox. We've got a young man named Michael Longfellow. We'll be on it uh, the uh, last Saturday in February on uh, on Fox TV on Channel 10, uh, February 24th at 10.30. We have had people on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel Show, Last Comic Standing. Uh, we even have uh, someone who's been a regular on The Walking Dead. Which just proves that if you do one of our shows and if you study comedy with us, you can end up on the most depressing show on television. So that's important. By applause, how many people have been at a, one of our class clown shows before? By applause. It's a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful. How many people are here for the very first time? Let's hear that. Those of you who have been here before know what you're in store for. You know you're in for a really special evening. Those of you here for the first time, let me explain to you uh, kind of how it works. You may have been to a comedy show before. You may have been to uh, America Theater and seen someone like Louis C.K. At, uh, at the very top of the game. It's a wonderful time to see someone. There's two great times to see a comic, and that is when they're at the top of their game, at their peak, and with a very first start. We have people tonight on their very first show. And I guarantee you this, ladies and gentlemen, years from now, you will be sitting home watching television, and you'll yell to your husband or your wife, You'll yell, hey, honey, come here for a second. Come here, come here. I go, I go, remember that kid we saw at the Tempe Center of the Arts like six years ago? She goes, yeah. I go, what do you think ever happened to him? Because he's never, um, so, um. <laughs> well, those of you who got the joke, explain to people next to you. <laughs> Let's not make this hard tonight. We showed up. So, um. Uh, no, you'll see people here, and then later on you will see them on television. You'll see their careers take off. It's very cool. Two times uh, uh, to really see someone when it's a special event, top their game, first time. Um, also, uh, uh, you may have been to other type of uh, shows before. You may have been to a, uh, um, a comedy uh, contest where uh, you decide to hold your laughter in until your friend is on stage because you want your friend to win because they're sleeping on your couch and they owe you money. So, um, uh, but that's not this type of show. All of these people you're going to see tonight have all worked together. So even if you've come out to see an individual person and that person's not on stage at this moment, that the odds are your friend or your family member helped them create their act. So I want you to enjoy all of them equally and give them all a lot of support. Can you do that for me? 
couple other things to tell you about before we move forward. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, if you're looking for something to do Valentine's Day, if you're like me, if you're a procrastinator, if you do everything at the last minute, you know, if you're running down, if you're just grabbing flowers out of a bush and running out, going, here, I just picked these. And she goes, those are from the front yard. I planted them. Oh, but they're yours. I love you. Um, if you're like that, uh, we have a show for you here tomorrow night. We have Love and Marriage, a stand-up comedy special event. It's become a, an annual event, four years running now. For a lot of people, they come out every year. It'll be uh, uh, the lady who will be headlining the show tonight, Valerie Roberts, and myself. We do a great show for you. If you're looking for a Valentine's event, we have that tomorrow night. And every Thursday and Friday, if you have a computer or if you have a phone, tune in to ComedySchoolsRadio.com, where we have uh, what is quickly becoming the number one podcast in the nation, where we interview some of the best comics in the country, a lot of people that play here too, so we got a lot of stuff for you. Are you guys ready for the show starting? Are you ready? Are you ready? Thank you so very much. Uh, we're going to kick it off right now with a very funny man. Uh, this man and I are putting together a show uh, that we're going to videotape, and we're going to start doing it in the spring. We said as soon as it gets warm, but it's warm now. So we're going to do it called uh, Rest Stop Comedy, where we're doing comedy at all the best rest stops in California and Arizona. This is Bob Rocky's idea. You'll be able to see us right next to public restrooms on the interstate highway, telling jokes to winos and tourists. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome, please, my good friend, Bob Rocky. Jeff with Tony Bissick in the hat. Hi, everybody. Hi, it's good to see you. Hi. My voice just left like three weeks ago, and it's slowly coming back. I know you're concerned, so I just wanted to get that. The jeans are relaxed. They're relaxed fit. If they get any more relaxed, I'll just take them off and we'll put them in the corner. That's new material. That's really good stuff, huh? Holy cow, I was thinking backstage. Which was right back there. You couldn't have told. You couldn't have uh, known that it was me that did the ori original announcement. I know. Um, but I was thinking about getting old is difficult most of the time. And guys, you'll know this a little bit more than I will, or uh, than women will. I remember when I was younger how I could cut my pee off in midstream. You remember that? Now it takes me about a minute before I wake up. <laughs> I'm a bedwetter. Oh, so I'm all right. Okay. Um, also, a little thing about getting uh, getting older. I just had my appendix out a couple months ago, and the doctor goes to me. She goes, "Bob, the appendix is a three to five inch useless organ." And I said, "Whoa, whoa! I already got one of them. Make sure you get the appendix, doc. That's it. That's where I go. Look at the look at the pose. It's kind of like a hooker pose." I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Any natives here? Round of applause. Yeah. I grew up on Van Buren. You know where that is? Where the men were men and so are the women. It's an awesome place. And um, grew up bumbling. I was a bumbler. It's like a Mr. Magoo of kids. Whatever, like everything, anything that was real, like dangerous and stuff, I'd go pick something up and the, the big beam would go past me. And I was a bumbling drug guy, mainly in, in high school. I went to high school, and the only kind of bumbling drugs that I did, I didn't have a problem finding drugs in high school, basically because there's no problem finding them. They were all over in the 70s. And I was such a bumbling drug addict that I took estrogen for four months. <laughs> didn't know what it was. I'm a hell of a river dancer. <laughs> <coughs> Hell of a river dance. But um, let me get something. 
Oh, that spring water is just awesome. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Anyway, grew up in Phoenix. Grew up in Van, on Van Buren. Got to learn the hard way. Made some different choices and stuff. And I'm I'm 53 years old, and um, live with my sister. Not in a gay way, so let's not mess this up, okay? Um, I'm starting my life over, basically, and basically did some, uh, made some wrong choices. I don't know if they're wrong or not, but what I did, I did. Here's one of the things that I did. I had a bright idea, and a great idea once, to rob a bank with a hooker. And I, I know, I know, why, why is he using a hooker? Well, we all know that hookers go off too, and it's, it's a well-oiled hooker is like a 45. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'm sitting in prison, and I'm wondering, what am I going to do today? So what I did, I started, and I, I joined this, this craft class, okay? A lot of time in prison, a lot of stuff to do, a lot of things to take care of, if you know what I mean. So I'm taking this craft class, I'm taking this, this painting class, and this guy named Country, who's about six foot five, and about 240, and he has the IQ of thread, and he goes, hey, Bob, I got some, we got some bullets here. And I said, bullets, what are they? They were a box of tampons. And I said, well, they're kind of like bullets. They're kind of like bullets. And I go, well, what are we going to do? And he goes, I don't know. So I made some real quiet wind chimes with them. <laughs> Sold them, a couple ramen soups. Um, another thing that we did in prison, we played a game called <coughs> Porn star names. And porn star names is when you take the name of your first pet and the street you grew up on. Okay? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, huh? Here it is. Big guys going like these guys will never get out. They got tattoos on their eyelids. My name is Tiger Oak. That's his porn name. I'm not gonna say nothing. Pretty impressive. The other guy goes, My name is Parkway Thomas. Okay? It's a good pork. My turn? Guess what? Puff McKinley. <laughs> Somebody else had a pet named Puff, huh? I was real popular after that, real popular. I, uh, so when I get stopped by the cops now, it can go one of two ways, but it usually turns into an episode of Cops, which turns into an episode of Lockdown, and that turns into an episode of Survivor, and that turns into an episode of Naked and Afraid. Terrible, terrible stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be my time. I really, really appreciate you guys coming out, whether you're from Chicago, whether you're from Wichita, or you're from Van Buren. I tell you, you've got a lot of great comics coming your way. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce a gentleman that has been on the stage many times. Ladies and gentlemen, keep it up. Put them together for Lance Brown. You might recognize me. I was one of the dancing babies on the Pampers commercial. <laughs> Still trying to ride that fame, you know? I was recently on the cover of a Cheez-Its ad that went national for the Super Bowl. I'm a cheesy guy, so it just made sense. Uh, and, uh, but I'm used to being on covers because I was on the cover of a milk carton for years as a kid. I actually felt famous driving here today. I saw flashing cameras at every intersection I pass. I'll make sure to autograph those when they come in the mail. I like to consider myself an entrepreneur. Minus the entre part, I'm just kind of the manure. Entrepreneur. 
Yeah. Now, there's a lot of homeless here. I know there's a lot of homeless here, and uh, they're getting sophisticated. You know, sometimes I want to give them change, and sometimes I don't. Just kind of have to fill it out. But uh, this one guy comes to me and says, uh, change, man. And I was like, uh, well, uh, all I got is plastic. And he whipped out a cell phone with a square on it. <laughs> I could slide my card. I couldn't get out of it. Thank God my card got declined. <laughs> do any of you guys do weird stuff in your sleep? <laughs> Sometimes my own snoring scares me. <laughs> Who's there? <coughs> Who's there? I chew on things in my sleep. That's why I'll never sleep on an air mattress again. <laughs> I almost drowned chewing through a waterbed. I never want to get CPR from my roommate again. Mom. I hate when girls hand me that sweaty money out of their bra. So I'm like, oh, let me get your change. Out of my pampers. There you go. I'd like to have a family one day. Not my own, I'll just take someone else's. But it's really hard for me to get a girl's number. So now I've resorted to hanging around at grocery store checkout lines and waiting for a cutie to apply for a club card. Listen in. Digits. Or just hang out at red boxes and, and watch their emails. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it all. Thank you. Yeah. It is sad and creepy. <laughs> Some girls are into that, I hope. Now, every time I go on a first date, I always tell the girl, I'm going to marry you. So that one day when it actually happens, I'll have a really romantic story to tell my kids. I just knew. She's the one. But there's a lot of hypocrisy in the dating world and equal rights. I went on a date with a girl and she kept talking about the equal rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. But then she ended the night by saying, you're going to pick up the check, right? What about all that equal rights stuff? This is our first date. Let's chop that thing in half. Hey, if there's equal rights in dating, I would like it if a girl came up to me one time and said, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? <laughs> Actually, a girl did do that once. She said, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Because you look jacked up. <laughs> but you know what? If it's equal rights across the board, us men can anticipate getting proposed to one day. Imagine. She picks me up in a horse carriage. <laughs> Takes me to my favorite musical, a KISS concert. <laughs> Takes me on stage in front of thousands. Lance, will you marry me? Um, no. I wear the pants in this relationship, and I'll ask you when I'm getting ready. Now go home and make dinner. She's like, the only thing you'll be at is the dog bowl. Uh, anybody want to be my Valentine? Not after that sexist joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> no hands went up. Yes, just like real life. Great. Oh, just imagine you said yes. Uh, do you like a guy that can stare at you for hours through a window without you noticing? It's a lovely aftershave you're wearing. <laughs> do hermaphrodites exist? I don't know. Date me and you find out. <laughs> All right, that's my time. Thank you very much, guys. I would like to bring up. This is Sergio. Let's hear it for Sergio. Yeah, let me see where are the Mexicans tonight. Woo! There, there, one there. 
I don't know why, but Arpaio gives me 20 bucks every time I do that on stage. <laughs> and people just disappear at the end of the show. Weird. Uh, for the past holidays, I wanted to go to back, you know, I wanted to go back to Mexico to visit my family and friends. But I didn't have a lot of money, so I started working as a Santa Claus in a footsie. You know, so my accent will make sense. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but it's actually really hard to get in because they give you a lot of tests and they want to see if you're a pedophile and I'm not. And they were like, well, how do we know that you're going to be good with the kids? But they needed people, so they hired me. You know. I was the Santa, and actually I was in charge of selling the new piñata that they have. They were really cool. I mean, they were this tall with a Donald Trump shaped like this, <laughs> with a shirt that says, get out of my country. I mean, they were selling really good. <laughs> First week, sold out. Yeah. But then people realized that it was full of crap, though they sent it back. <laughs> but I love working with kids. I mean, kids, oh man, little baby Latinos, they were amazing. But kids nowadays, they don't want the same things, you know? They want iPods, iPads, computers, green cards for their parents. <laughs> But there was this little girl, beautiful girl, she was in my lap, and she was looking at me, and she was like, Santa, I don't want anything for this Christmas. All I want, it's a little brother. And he broke my heart. So I look at her, and I was like, well, tell me who's your mom, and let me see what Santa can do for you. We don't know, probably you're gonna have two brothers. I was fired. <laughs> but I have the satisfaction that I make a little girl happy, and her mom, for, yeah, for five minutes, because it was during my lunch, so I didn't have a lot of time. So um, I didn't save a lot of money, so I have this wonderful idea to buy a ticket in a Mexican airplane. Don't do it. The minute you sit into your seat, you know it's a bad idea, you know? Because sometimes the airlines, they have like a little music, you know, when they're gonna say the announcements, like doo doo doo, and they start talking. Well, in the Mexican airline, it was like, <laughs> Yes, this is your pilot, John, for the flight 449. Just kidding! That's not my voice! Uh, we're gonna be flying, 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 uh, really, really high. Um, my name is John, for now, for immigration purposes. Uh, once we cross the border, my name is going to be Carlos. Um, we have a couple of announcements. Um, please put all your landscaping tools and house cleaning kits in a compartment above your head. If you have any piñata with you, please put it in the space between your legs. Chimichangas and tequilas are gonna be ready in five minutes. And just remind, uh, all of our um, remember that once we are in the air, the plane is considered Mexican space. So if your kid is not behaving, please slap him in the face. We all gonna appreciate it. Eh? If you're trying to smuggle any guns into Mexico, we wish you the best of the luck. <laughs> 
And another thing, uh, GPS is not working. <laughs> but don't worry, once we are in the air, we just need to follow the item to the 19. <laughs> and once we are in the border, we just need to go straight. <laughs> For further precautions, I have my glasses on. <laughs> so everything is gonna be good. Uh, the people sitting in the emergency exit, uh, please don't touch the duct tape. Because <laughs> the plane is not in the good shape. And if you see the emergency light going on, don't worry, we just have a little problem with the fuse. But if it goes on and then off, and then after 30 seconds goes on twice but with a different color, you should start praying. <laughs> but again, do not worry. I went to the Malaysia Airlines School. So I'm a pilot and a magician. So if something happens, it's gonna be good. We all gonna be famous. Uh, we're gonna have a little delay of five minutes because the other pilot left the radio on. So I think the battery died. But don't worry, we just need to put it in second gear, a little push, and we're gonna be in our way. I just need to find the clutch. Uh, I hope you have a really nice flight. And thank you for choosing us. <laughs> and I just hear that, and I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> but I didn't get out, because I already paid. You know? <laughs> I'm scared, but I'm not stupid. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, OK, if I'm going to die, I don't want to see. So I went to sleep. Two hours later. I feel like the plane is going down. So I get up, look around, we are in Mexico. Why do I know? Because someone already stole my luggage and my wallet. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we are here. This is the motherland, right? We land, I get out of the plane, everything is good. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fast. I go to the immigration officer, he looks at my papers, and he's like, okay, well, you're coming from the United States, so uh, do you have any guns with you, sir? No. Are you sure? Because you're going to need it over there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. I, I know how to move around here. Okay? Well, do you have any drugs with you? No. You want to poison them? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. It was a really nice trip. But I realized that when you are out of your country, you forget about stuff, you know? Like, I was in Guadalajara, my city, and I was downtown. And uh, I didn't remember that sometimes when you are in Mexico, you need to pay to go to the bathroom, you know, to use the facilities. Now, to give you a little bit of context, when I was there in college, I used to pay 100 pesos in a public college for 30 hours of classes. Over there, I paid 10 pesos for a three-minute class. <laughs> well, now, what I'm trying to say is, in Mexico, some shit are expensive. <laughs> Thank you, that was my time. Please give it up for our next comedian, Lyra Manning. Engaged. It was 
11 years, something like that. And, uh, you know, it, it took a while. And it's not like I didn't bring up commitment from the start. I mean, I did. I would ask my fiance, my now fiance, things like, what do you think about marriage? And he'd say, look, look, over there, it's a duck, it's a duck, look. And we'd be at the food court at the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. I'm still looking for the duck. <laughs> and then there were times when he'd say, no, no, I am really serious. And one day he pulled up his computer and pulled up his bank account information and said, if I wasn't serious, then why would I have this? And it was an account that said, new car fund. <laughs> but this story has a happy ending. It's not the happy ending necessarily that he wanted, but a happy ending nonetheless. And now we are planning a wedding, which is really difficult because it makes you think about things that you've never had to think about before. Like, how good of a friend is Susan really? I mean, is she like a $150 a dinner kind of friend? No, no, she's not. Or you think about things like, is it rude to just put cash on the registry? Because I really don't want an oversized George Foreman grill or a poster of a Cupid in a bathtub with hearts all around it. I mean, I've got that stuff already, so I, I really don't need it. So everyone here has email, I assume, right? Email? Email, it's a great invention. It's a way to communicate with people in a quick, easy, and cost-effective manner, right? No, wrong. It's a way to figure out who's more important at work. I've worked in corporate America for quite a while, and I know that an overabundance of email is really a badge of honor. I mean, anybody who works in an office, you know there's always that guy who's got the laptop on his shoulders like Atlas, like, oh, I've got 2,000 unread emails. And you look at that guy, and you're just like, man, he's going to own this company someday. <laughs> so that's why I love junk email. I will sign up for anything with my work email. I was at a drugstore the other day, they had a little kiosk and I started signing up and they said, oh, okay ma'am, uh, you'd like some more information about industrial strain toilet paper. Yes, yes I would, give me that information. <laughs> signed up for something else, they're like, ma'am, uh, you want more information about erectile dysfunction? Well, I don't have a penis, so yes, I guess it's dysfunctional, right? <laughs> so this is working out pretty well for me. Right now I have about 900 unread emails in my inbox, and I just made vice president. <laughs> On top of that, I've also uh, met a really nice prince, prime minister, barrister guy from Nigeria. He's going to give me a cut of some cash that he's got coming to him. Uh, I'm like best friends with a Russian supermodel. I mean, we're like this. Like we, we email back and forth all the time. And we're going to become mystery shoppers. So I'm really excited about that. But the best thing of all is that PayPal contacted me about a problem with my account. So I gave them all my banking information and my social security card number, uh, which is really a big help because I didn't even know I had a PayPal account. So I'm glad that they're gonna get that all, all worked out for me. Well, thank you all so much. That is my set for this evening. Thank you for being a great audience. Coming up next, very, very funny guy. His name is Jared Liu. Let's welcome Jared to the stage. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. All right, sounds good. So it's my first time here. I'll try to make everything uh, 
Awkward free? Yeah, that's not happening, right? That's not happening. I'll, I'll tell you something, you know. Um, I used to be an awkward guy. I'm still a fucking awkward guy. I've just learned to express myself better. So, I, let me ask you guys this. How many of you guys, like me, automatically see an Asian guy with glasses? And you're like, that guy is good with computers. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's a no-brainer. Come on. Like, the other day, my, my cell phone broke, and I wanted to take it to Best Buy to the Geek Squad to fix it. But I thought, no, I'm Asian with glasses. I'm smarter than those guys. So, so what I did was this. I banged, I banged the computer. And by bang, I mean I had sex with it. The phone, actually the phone started working again, but you know what happened? The phone didn't work out so well because not even the phone wanted to have sex with me. Now I mentioned I was an awkward guy. So I, I do want to mention that even though I'm repping my Asian culture hard, there is one thing that separates me from the Asian stereotype. And that is, I've been scammed a hell lot by infomercials, guys. A hell lot by infomercials. So this is what happened. When I was growing up, I didn't have many options. I had two options, actually. And during, when I was young, and this was during the middle of the night, I had two options. The first was do your math homework, which from my parents' point of view was do your math homework, or we whip your ass. <laughs> okay. Or the other option was, yeah, watch the enticing infomercial. I chose the latter option without hesitation. Screw the homework, guys. So, I mean, fast forward 20 years later, we're at, we're at the Chinese dinner table with all these successful Chinese people. We've got people who are designing space rockets. We've got some guy who's you know, founded the next Facebook. And what about me? It's my turn to say, what are your accomplishments, Jared? Well, I have a lot of infomercial souvenirs. I mean, it can't be that bad. I mean, weight loss pills guaranteed to make you more obese. Swiffer wet jets that I never use. How about calcium pills to help you cure cancer? What the fuck is that, by the way? So, I... I have no clue what I was doing when I was buying these infomercial items, but I do know about the calcium pills. I did buy it because of the lifetime satisfaction guarantee, as well as the bonus, which was an ergonomic and efficient pill container. <laughs> but you guys, you guys love, gotta love the fitness infomercials, however. The fitness infomercials are like, Oh, Margie lost 20 pounds in a month. Yeah, what about all the other Margies who gained 20 pounds in a month because the fitness program sucked? So, I've noticed one thing about the fitness infomercials, and they make you, if you do, if you wanna act, um, if you wanna become an actor for a fitness infomercial, you do this. You go to the before and after. So when you do the before picture, they make you kind of slouch like you're having chronic back pain. And they, you, have to, you have to put out your stomach like this. Yeah, I'm doing just fine. This is my before photo. And the after photo is just as miserable. The after photo is, 
oh, I've got to hold in my stomach like I'm holding all of my shit in and say, smile, yeah, I've lost 20 pounds in a month. So that's, that's my experience with infomercials. I hope that all of you do not have the same experience. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Next we have uh, Alex come up to the stage. Hello everybody, I'm Alex Ramirez. And uh, I'm a comedian, kind of, so I don't do a lot, and I get bored. And when I get bored, I watch documentaries. And I saw one recently about hallucinogenic mushrooms. Shrooms, I'm sure you've heard of them. And uh, they said, the scientist was like, it helped in human evolution. Yeah, really scientist, you think that a mushroom, millions of years ago, a monkey ate a mushroom and was like, yeah, I'm just not gonna throw my shit around anymore. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to leave it there. It's nasty. That didn't happen. You want to know how I know that didn't happen? Because somewhere in the world right now, in a forest, there's a monkey with feces in his hand. And he's going to throw it at another monkey who's minding his own business. And it's going to hit him in his mouth. He's like, dude, why did you do that to me? He's like, you should evolve at this point. It's disgusting. He's like, because I'm a monkey. And on the inside, I have to do that. You weren't mad when I was eating fleas off your balls the other day, were you? So, I can't get mad at him. He's like, all right. He's a monkey. <laughs> nah, but I hate uh, documentary, Discovery Channel, all that. And here's the reason, okay? My mom never gave me the sex talk. She didn't, okay? And then what, what she did do was one time there was a documentary on, she was like, sit down, that's sex. I was like, whoa, you know, I'm eight years old. One day this is gonna run my life. And it does. And, and all I remember was like long words, um, a little bit of blood. My mom was like, ooh, that's the best part. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't ever, what? Mom, I don't know what that was, but I don't ever want that in my life because I want to stay as far away from that as possible. And it affected me. This isn't even a joke, okay, so don't judge me. Um, like three years ago, I thought that when a woman got pregnant, it was through her butt. <laughs> and I believed that. I honestly thought that, you know, like up the alley down the street. Less stress, you know? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I thought that's why uh, anal porn had its own category. You know, it's risky, yeah. Because, because this lady could have a kid for 18 years and he's not going to respect her because he doesn't know who his dad is. And she's only going to get like $200 for that video, right? <laughs> Click, I'm definitely watching that. That was, that's what I like to see. You know what I mean? It's a big deal though. I'm, I don't know. I don't like porn. I don't like the porn industry. I don't like it. It's stupid. I still watch it every day, though. But, <laughs> but the thing is, it's not realistic, okay? It just, I never, doesn't make sense, okay? So I was watching uh, porn the other day, like, and I hesitate because I do it most days. And what happened was, this is a whole video, okay? I'm just, the whole thing. You're good at those video games. And this girl's like, who, me? And he's like, yes, you. And the next thing, they're naked. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> and let me tell you why it doesn't make sense. Okay? You don't believe me, but I've been in that same exact situation. <laughs> this, is, this is how it went down for me, okay? I walked in, I was like, 
you're really good at those video games. And she's like, oh, who are you? <laughs> it was pretty awkward. I had to get out of there. I did. That's because I'm bad with women, though. You know what I mean? I am. I promise you. Never. And here's why, okay? I've been in the middle of a date with a girl, and in the middle of it, she's like, so, you have any cute guys in mind? Why would I have any cute guys in mind? So you could date them. Me and you are on a date right now. I don't understand why you would think that. She's like, you're not gay? Why, why would I pay for all your things? Because I thought you were that type of guy. I'm not that type of guy. I promise you. But she had every right to think I was gay. She did. She, she could have thought that because I was wearing skinny jeans. And... <laughs> especially some men and, and, and it's and it wasn't even I didn't know that you went into a store and said I want skinny jeans in my size I didn't know that I was just wearing pants from like two years ago that didn't fit me anymore <laughs> and it, it was the worst ever because you know like sometimes you like lay down and put on your pants like you, you're like sucking your stomach that those kind of pants and I regretted it every single day I was never happy about it. No? Because I had to take them off at the end of the day. You know how hard that was? <laughs> do you, sir, do you realize? <laughs> it's so difficult because and because it was red and I had to like lift this, you know what I mean? I couldn't just open them and then I had to lay down again and call the fire department like, hey, <laughs> this is a bad situation, but uh, I need help. Bring the jaws of life, please. <laughs> and they did. Uh, just if I leave you guys with any message, okay, please. If you have to call the fire department for your pants to come off, just wear looser pants. <laughs> for all of us, it's not just for you. Don't be selfish. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. I'm Alex Mertz. Call me Katie. Well, go figure. My mother was really, really an educated woman. She was also a smart ass. <laughs> uh, my mother was really obsessed with English. And she was the kind of woman who, um, if you didn't speak correctly, she would correct you. She was obsessed not only with the written word, the oral word, but the written word. My brother once sent us a letter from Vietnam. My mother, she read like that letter and mailed it back. <laughs> she also included a spelling list and uh, the most commonly misspelled words in the English language. And then she asked me, do you think that the vocabulary of the list was a little bit of overkill? I said, Mom, if that didn't drive you to drink, nothing would. <laughs> Guess what? My brother became a teacher when he grew up. 
I think he had a thing about that red-lined paper. <laughs> uh, my mother once told me that um, insanity was genetic. You got it from your children. Now, I, I really didn't understand that until I had children. And your children will make you crazy. But when I was a kid, I was convinced that it was my mother's fault that I was crazy. And then I grew up to be my mother. <laughs> Go figure. You know, somebody comes up and they say, I seen this, or I done this. Oh God, it really starts me spinning. It's go, went, have gone, do, did, have done, see, saw, have seen, begin, began, have begun, forget, forgot, have forgotten. And it goes on and on and on. And if I stop after the first 25, I feel like I've really accomplished something because there's only 300 irregular verbs in the English language. And in the seventh grade, I had a teacher who had a test on those 300 words. And believe me, I marked the bell curve. I got every one of those damn things right. <laughs> my pappy, my pappy, he was a farmer. So guess who's a farmer's daughter? <laughs> my dad was in charge of the dairy at the uh, University Experiment Station. And if you don't know about dairy farmers, let me tell you, if the cows don't have calves, you don't get any milk. Now, in order for cows to have calves, somebody's got to do the dirty job of inseminating those cows. I was probably three years old when I rode my first bull. It was a really safe thing because, you know, anytime my daddy was near that bull, knew he was up for an awfully good time. <laughs> I once asked daddy if uh, he had a favorite animal, and he looked at me and he says, yeah, my favorite animal was a cow. Her name was Naomi. Well, you know, that really made me think that animal husbandry really had another definition going on there. <coughs> so, my, so, you know, my daddy, he was one of those people who, who uh, gave me an affinity for animals. My brother once told me that, um, you know, a dog's philosophy of life is if you can't eat it or screw it, you piss on it. Well, at one point in time in my adult life, I was neither edible or screwable, so I said, okay, honey, just go ahead, piss on it. <laughs> I have never experienced anything so funny in my life. I didn't know golden showers tickled so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've got to try it sometime at least once in your life. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know, that's TML. Too much information. I'm sorry, children. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I had to go there. Uh, over the last uh, 15 years since my papa died, uh, I have taken on uh, doing things with animals in a very interesting way. I don't think a single week has gone by in my volunteer work with animals that I haven't had a bird shit or a dog shit. You know, shit happens in my job. <laughs> and I have now got a new uh, perspective on what it's like to have shit hits the fan. <laughs> because I work at a grooming shop and we have a high-speed hairdryer. <laughs> I can see shit hitting the fan at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> I see the light 
guys, save the watch, guys, because it's getting deep shit over here and it's too late for my shoes. Thank you very much. Uh, have a great night. Our next comedian is
I go to WrestleMania every year, and this year it's in Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a really awesome town, unless, of course, you're a president riding around in a convertible. <laughs> that joke, that, that, yeah, that joke always hits back and to the left. <laughs> a WrestleMania ticket, she just snorted, holy shit. That's awesome. I've never had someone snort on the dance off something at first. You're the first snorter ever, it won't make sense. A WrestleMania ticket isn't a ticket as much as, as, much as it is a one-year contract to remain single. I was watching the uh, I was watching some election coverage the other day on CNN, and I'm, I'm pretty much new. Holy, holy shit, who's on your left? Like seven foot two. I was watching the election color coverage, and uh, the Republicans are full of shit. Here's why. I'll tell you a story first. I'm, I'm down the middle, but the Republicans are like, the first day we're going to do when we get in office, we're going to repeal Obamacare. And I'm like, you're full of shit, and you're out of touch, and here's why. Have you ever had a first day at the job? you got to fill out paperwork. you got to do orientation. you got to fill out your tax forms. you got to watch a video. You're not going to have time to repeal one of the, the biggest piece of legislation in history. So... My name is Ernie Green. Thank you very much. Coming on stage right now is a very, very funny friend of mine. She's from my favorite country, Canada. Give it up for Lydia Bellum. I think I'm the only Canadian here, so I'm really kind of excited about that. Didn't uh, say, oh, you know, you're from Canada. Uh, Ted Cruz was born in Calgary, Alberta. Do you know him? I said, no, I don't know Ted Cruz, but I know in Iowa they'd really like me. <laughs> anyway, we come down here for the winter months and we stay in a seniors resort. Now, you have to be age 55 plus to stay in there, but I looked around and I thought, you know, that's plus, 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 plus. And it's the place where Gatorade has been replaced by our favorite cocktail of orange juice, Vodka and a little prune juice and an energy bar is a place where you go and drink all day but they give you fresh peanuts and they're free. So it's a different kind of lifestyle. I was there and last week I was an MC for a talent show. And there were 450 people there and I was really, really impressed. I had such a good time. But there wasn't a single guy who threw their underwear at me and there were their hotel room key. And I thought, gee, you know, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway because I know that 150 widows would have stampeded to get those things in advance. But here's the thing, you know, when you do something like that, you have to get your partner to tell you what you did right. So the next day I said to my husband, Ken, hey, Ken, you know, what was I like? What did I do? And he said, look, Lydia, you told some amusing stories, but you're not funny. You're not Ellen DeGeneres. You're not Kathy Griffith. You're more like Joan Rivers. I said, she's dead. He said, that's right. <laughs> you know what? He's going to be dead. But you know, I thought about that for a while. I said, well, I know how to get even with them. So the next time, they had, you know, a little lovemaking, and he'll say, hmm, how about that? And I said, you know what, honey? You're such a great toucher. You're a fantastic kisser not quite as good as Frank across the street or Jerry down the, you know, your buddy. And actually, you suck. <laughs> so anyway, but you know what? As a couple, we're really a matched pair, mostly mismatched. 
Uh, if you've had a relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm the kind of person I have to rush around and I do everything real fast. I'm like a cricket on crack. <laughs> now my husband can, he's smooth, he thinks things out, he's really, really nice. He's like a panther on Prozac. So our <laughs> friends are saying things like, you know what, maybe you should see a counselor. And I said, well, maybe we should get new drugs. That's all. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, what's the difference between Canadians and Americans? I said, well, you know, Canadians are really polite. And we always take the blame for everything. We say, oh, I'm sorry, I, excuse me, no, please, I'm so sorry. But you know, we went out for a drive a couple of weeks ago, and a big car smashed right into us, and our car was totaled. I immediately said, oh my God, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, it's my fault. And Ken said, shut up, Lydia. <laughs> the sheriffs are coming. We are not guilty. I said, yeah, but I'm Canadian. I'm taking the, I'm taking the, the blame for it. He said, you're a passenger. You know, stop it. He said, I said, what am I going to do? I'm a Canadian. He said, you know what? Tell me you're from Iowa. <laughs> so, and, you know, if you don't really know this, in uh, Canada, we can get, in Vancouver, marijuana just like that. It's not so easy here in Arizona, but I got that fixed. <laughs> yeah, you know what, listen, a filling fell out of my tooth. So, I went to my dentist of choice, and I said to him, what about it? He said, Lydia, don't worry, no problem, no pain. We're going to give you a little nitrous oxide a little laughing gas. I said, oh, yeah, okay. And so he put something in my nose and he said, breathe deeply. <gasps> oh, I got very, 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 very happy. Wow, you know what? I'm probably gonna, you know, at $63 a hit, I'm gonna go back to Vancouver toothless. <laughs> Just doing it. Now, and for those of you who you sort of wonder about Canada, you know what, right now, it's a great time for you to go up there because our Canadian dollar has just tanked. And your American dollar is worth about twice as much. You can go up to Canada and buy two Hondas for the price of one. You know, it's just so easy. But we deal in coin, and you probably know this, the loony and the toonie. You know, some time ago they took the one dollar bill and they said, we're going to scrap it, we're going to get a coin, and we're going to call it the loony. And you know, that's short for lunatic, not the bird. And why is that? Because shortly thereafter, they scrapped the $2 bill and they called it the toonie. So it just proves to me that as Canadians, we're twice as crazy as anybody else. <laughs> so you know what? I want to welcome everybody to come up to Canada right now because you can get your BC Bud twice as much, half the price. But I'm really sorry because you're probably going to get your change in loonies and toonies and you're probably going to get it from some toothless old lady. <laughs> anyway, I have a great time in Arizona, so much so that I want you to read my t-shirt. It says Arizona, Canada's most southern province. Thanks very much. I love it. Now, I'd like to use all the newbies.
Now, my high school is named Corona del Sol. It's named after a beer. I guess I'll be prepared for college. Now, there's a few things I am looking forward to. One of them is like picking new classes and you know expanding my education and stuff. Okay, well, fine, it's just the hot Mormon chicks. <laughs> what I am not looking forward to is all the extra homework, being the youngest kid, I really did prefer being the bully in junior high, and taking showers with the lesson coach. <laughs> so my dad told me, son, you either need to join a club, play a sport, or get a job. These are the kinds of clubs I get to choose from. The choir club, the evangelical club, or the president's club. What am I supposed to learn there? How to be a sleazy businessman, a lying politician, or worse yet, a Canadian. <laughs> now, where are the homework cheating skills club? Where's the, the convincing the Spanish teacher you can keep a secret club? <laughs> or stalking the girl who's out of your league club? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna make my own club. Sit and make fun of other clubs club. <laughs> there goes the chess club. They should be called a never go to prom club. <laughs> There's the ukulele club. I'm serious, they're actually is a ukulele club. That's gotta be like the second stupidest instrument. <laughs> the first stupidest is obviously the kazoo. <laughs> well, there's the pure tutoring club. Now, it's really hard to make fun of them because, you know, they help disabled kids and they help kids with emotional problems. I really respect that. Who am I kidding? They're a bunch of egotistic, over-religious zealots who do good deeds to beat their own self-worth. Haha, <laughs> uh -huh. very funny, right? Okay. Next choice is a job. Now, but what can a lazy person who hasn't graduated high school get for a job? Cashier are okay. Maybe a meth dealer. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 I got this. Both lazy and dumb? Arizona State Congressman. <laughs> so I'm going to go for football. Why football, you ask? Because uh, I think hitting people and not getting expelled is pretty good. <laughs> and I think I have to swear more in football as well. Oh, and uh, baseball ain't a real sport. Okay. <laughs> now, I know there's a lot of worry about concussions, and I did think a lot about that. I can easily fake one and get out of tons of homework. The next part of my plan, find kids smarter than me and encourage them to play. I think she'll go out with you if you're a football star. Hey, play without a helmet. Be a man. 
Except the Asians are a little too small to play football, so I'm going to accidentally whack them in the head with a lunch tray and steal their homework. <laughs> On a completely different note, my friend needed help getting his Boy Scout survival badge. I did not know this was about camping in the woods and making fires. I knocked him out, stole my dad's car, dropped him off in the middle of the desert, and said, survive. <laughs> that was my time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me. about. got up and left with my get up and go when it got up and went. <laughs> I'm at the age where I no longer need to drink or smoke to get dizzy and disoriented. <laughs> All I have to do is bend over or stand up real fast. <laughs> I've been noticing here lately that uh, food has been replacing sex. So much so, I'm having a hard time getting into my own pants. <laughs> I asked my doctor to prescribe Viagra and 10 millimeter pills. He says, that's an awful low dose. What do you want it for? So well, I take them home and I cut them in half. And I take a half of one before I go to bed. That way when I get up in the middle of the night and go, I'm not peeing on my feet in the dark. <laughs> I've been dieting most all of my life. I used to tell people I was a non-purging bulimic. <laughs> now I just tell them I'm a chow hound. Anyway, the other day my wife came into the front room and announced, we are going on a diet. I broke out to a cold sweat and started reverting to old habits. Started hiding sandwiches in the toilet tank and in the hamper. <laughs> Ho-hos and ding-dongs went to the attic. Potato chips into the vents. Girl Scout cookies into the back of the closet. I thought it was going real good until the dogs ate the hamper. <laughs> I've been a member of a gym since 1987. The other day they told me that I needed to show up to get the body I wanted. <laughs> so I showed up. And I found it. She threatened to call the cops if I didn't leave her alone. <laughs> I'm not real good with techie stuff. The other day I was visiting my niece, and I asked her if I could borrow her newspaper. She said, don't take the newspaper, Uncle Kendall. Use my iPad. That fly never knew what hit him. <laughs> My neighbors are a lesbian couple. They asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said, I want a watch. They gave me a really nice sequel. I 
figured out how come I look so bad in, the, in photographs. I have to stop mooning the camera. <laughs> I sometimes have random thoughts. You know, something like this. You know, being stupid in politics is not a handicap. It's a gift.
then I don't have to interact with humans anymore. <laughs> and I was at dinner the other night. And the server says, hey, you look just like Luke Skywalker. <coughs> and I said, wow, that's, wow, that's great. I felt really good inside because it's like a hero or something. I said, thanks. No, I mean now. <laughs> Luke Skywalker now in the new movie. <laughs> I looked it up. Mark Hamill is 64 years old. <laughs> now, that's just great, great. I'm 49, I'm gonna turn 50 this year, and I was feeling bad enough about that, but now I guess I look mid-60s. <laughs> I decided I need to maybe do something about this. So I Googled hair coloring for men. And the first few ads were about hair color and hair dyes, but number four, the ad number four was, and I swear, the art and science of making dead people look alive. <laughs> That's a confidence boost. Number, the next ones were Viagra, Cialis, and prostate surgery. I'm getting old when I see, when I'm looking at a page that has hair coloring, erectile dysfunction, prostate surgery, and corpse decoration on it. <laughs> Speaking of prostate surgery, my buddy called me about his impending procedure next week. Now I'm sold that my peers are getting their genitals operated on. Yeah, and, you know, I did realize that I don't appreciate how incredibly awesome it is to pee. Because he was actually thrilled to have a catheter inserted. <laughs> Being a considerate guy, I asked him when he was getting his medical marijuana delivered so I knew when to come over. And then he says, It'll happen to you someday. Ugh. I thought being a Mark Hamill lookalike was bad, but I guess it isn't so bad. I was so scared, I Googled preventing prostate problems. Number one answer, Harvard Medical School found that men that ejaculate 21 or more times a month have a lower risk of prostate cancer. I guess I need a girlfriend. <laughs> or just some privacy around the house. <laughs> Although, to be honest, at my age, 21 seems like a lot. I mean, they still want me to work and eat and breathe, right? <laughs> I, mean, I wonder if they'll let me count my, and bank, my under 30 activities for my over 50 activities. <laughs> you know, because back then it was like 400 a month, so I'd be in good shape. <laughs> yeah. And talking about being stressed out, the newest thing in psychotherapy is adult coloring books. Yeah, you go to your therapist and charge them 250 an hour and they give you a book to color when you get home. We just should have stayed in kindergarten. <laughs> it's true, this is a real thing. They have stress relieving patterns and animals and gardens and butterflies. You know, if they really wanted to relieve my stress, they would have midlife crisis paint by numbers book. <laughs> or how to survive your teenager coloring book. But based on everything I just said, I probably need the dealing with your feelings when your penis doesn't work coloring book. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much. That's my time. Give a big hand to Lee Howe.
doing? Awesome. I'm going to start off with something a little personal, um, something I usually don't tell people when I first meet them. It's that I am black. Yeah, I'm going to let that marinate for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, so based on your facial expressions and overall disapproval, um, that's why I don't tell people my race when I first meet them. But this took a dark and unexpected turn, which is what people say when they meet my family. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm biracial. You guys can relax. Um, you guys in the front were like, don't do it, sweetie. Don't say it. Um, but yeah, I'm biracial. Uh, my mom is black. My dad is tragically white. Um, yeah. And he was so sweet enough to give me all of his white awkwardness. So he's in the house tonight. You guys give him a hand. Yeah. But growing up was interesting because both of my sisters look mixed. Like, you look at them and you're like, they are ethnic. I look like I came out of a JCPenney's catalog. Just bacon, dead behind the eyes. Like the white people in my family. Um, but I was so jealous of my sisters growing up. I was like, no one asked them if they were adopted or were you switched at birth or who's that white girl with you? Yeah, um, and I just wanted so desperately to look like my family. And then I was like, wait a second, I can go to the gas station and not get shot by a cop, so. <laughs> I made peace with that. Um, but yeah, Whew. you guys feeling good tonight? Feeling it, feeling it? Think I, you know, convinced you that I'm black? Getting there? You guys are like, we need your birth records. <laughs> I need documents. But yeah, um, I'm always trying to convince people that I'm black and mixed. Um, so I went on welfare and popped out four kids. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. I can see it. I can see it. But yeah, I remember um, going through a DUI roadblock one time when I was super high. <coughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to go full basic to get out of this situation. So I was like, rolled down the window. I was like, Oh my god, hey officer, you look amazing. I love your outfit. He let me right through. My sister in the car behind me, still in jail. No parole, which seems aggressive. Um, but yeah, um, But yeah, I just like never know when to tell people that I'm mixed or I'm black because it's a little awkward. And you know, they react like you guys did. Dead face, and we're like, what? Um, but yeah, I just know when a guy's like, you white girls are crazy. A piece of my soul dies. Cause I'm like, okay, I can take that I'm crazy, but don't lump me in with those other white sea clams, all right? <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, uh, my family found a use for me finally. My sister is uh, trying to get a table at a restaurant, and uh, they're like, mm, it's gonna be like 30 minutes for you and your people. You can wait outside. I walk in, get seated right away. I like to think of myself as the key to white privilege for my family. <laughs> and uh, growing up, I thought my great-grandparents were these amazing, cute little old people. Turns out they were in the KKK. <laughs> my dreams were shattered instantly. Um, but yeah, they didn't approve of my dad marrying my mom or having a kid with her. I think they referred to my sister as a mixed devil child. <laughs> but I'm like so mad they didn't get to meet me. Because they would have loved me and given me all of their money. 
I just imagine their will saying, give it all to the one they call light-skinned. <laughs> and yeah, it would have been racist, evil money, but I don't discriminate. <laughs> and through trial and error, I only tell people I'm black when I'm leaving the club. Because <laughs> if I tell them before, they're like, oh, you're going to dance? And no one needs to see that. <laughs> I tell them after, so I have an excuse not to pay. I ain't got no credit. Um, but I'm really bummed is that um, I'll never be able to say the N-word um, without getting my ass kicked. And my friends and family are like, Lee, you're half black, it's fine, you can do it. Just like go up to that group of black guys and say the N-word, it'll be fun. I'm like, listen, I'm trying to fuck a black guy. I don't want to get fucked up by a black guy. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys have been awesome. That was my time. Give it up again. Hope everyone's having a good time. I, I'm having a great uh, week, actually. I just finally moved in with uh, my lady friend, which is fantastic. Uh, but she's she's frigid, so she doesn't put out. But. Um, I'm a very positive person. She does get into heavy petting, which I'm very proud of. Um, unfortunately for me, it's only from the waist up, uh, clothed areas only, on the left side between the elbow and the shoulder, but on the inside, we really let her hair down. Uh, we love to uh, entertain. We always have people come over to our house and cocktail parties and you know, pickle trays and everything and people always ask us the same thing they're like what can we bring brother what can we bring the next time we come to your party I'm like just bring yourself we just want you and after they leave we like to talk about how horrible it made us feel that they didn't bring anything to the party and just like say how could they do that to us we bring everything to their party we start kicking the furniture and nudging each other and we're not abusive to each other we keep nudging and I think it helps indirectly keep my pookie uh, sexually fulfilled. <laughs> I went to uh, get my uh, car repaired the other day. It's always intimidating to go to a repair shop because you never really know um, if these guys are gonna, you know, repair you, you know, rip you off or overcharge you for something. And I saw a lady uh, walking. She's kind of a businesswoman, uh, middle manager type, and uh, she was all, you know, prepared for, you know, for the hustle. She was like, um, "You got this." And she walked in, she's just wanted her tires rotation. I was like, oh, that's great, you want your uh, free tire rotation. Awesome, uh, it's just uh, as long as you uh, have a uh, 464 transmission and ball bearings and leaf springs, you should be fine. You sure you just don't uh, want four new tires? Wouldn't it be easier? <laughs> so the lady like, you know, accepted it and he was like, you want the expensive ones or you want uh, you want the ones that uh, don't pick up good traction, kill small children and animals. <laughs> um, a lot of really insane people, not me, but uh, other people, think there should be like a natural order and obligation of things. Uh, for instance, like if you're a heterosexual woman about you know, a little over 50 years old and you have gray spiky hair and 
probably unnecessary reading glasses that you wear, you have an obligation to become a lesbian. <laughs> or at least try. Um, or if you're the type of guy that walks into a meeting and you're always eating a piece of fruit, and when you have that piece of fruit, you rub it on your shirt, and you take a big bite out of it, and it makes a crunch sound. If you're that guy, you have an obligation to go to a time machine, travel in time, and co-star in an ABC After School special, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I don't uh, really like going to the gym anymore because these millennials are just wearing too many uh, colorful clothes and wear colorful gym shoes. I don't like it. I used to wear just white gym shoes, real normal, and I know what they're doing. You know, I, I know what they're doing. They're trying to send me messages. For instance, uh, you know, these colors mean different things, like red means passion, it means I like to have a lot of sex. You know, so if someone comes trotting by me, you know, with their red gym shoes, I'm just like, hey, look, you know, my girlfriend's frigid, but we're working on stuff, you know, we're probably gonna have sex soon, so why don't you just back off? But on the other hand, if someone has like periwinkle gym shoes, you know, that means I'm your friend. That means I like you, let's be brothers. And I just, you know, when they come trot by me, I'm like, cool, man, I, I like you too. But if those periwinkle gym shoes were to have like jagged yellow stripes in them, that means like they're saying, you sweat like a pig when you sleep. And I've been told I perspire a little bit, but it's not nice for them to say that to me in the gymnasium. I ended up filing a grievance with the uh, gym management. And I was sitting there talking, guy was very nice, but then also he crosses his legs and he's wearing a pair of uh, jade green high tops. And I'm not a member of a protected class or anything, but I said, you know what, man, that's just racist. <laughs> I <tore up> my membership. <laughs> you know, in this day and age, I don't know if you guys protect your uh, passwords or you, you know, you're worried about cybercrime, um, but I do. I worry night and day about it, because a guy like me could literally lose, you know, my checking account if somebody got the information, I could literally lose tens of dollars. And <laughs> it's just big worry for me, but I don't care if it's, you know, online, it, you know, it could be a regular transaction, like going to Starbucks, you know, like ordering a coffee, the girl, the barista, you know, get an iced coffee, she's like, did you want any room in that? It's like, I'm not going to give her that information, you know, because through deductive reasoning, you know, she can figure stuff out, you know. I mean, if I told her I wanted room in my coffee, it's almost like me saying, oh yeah, I want lots of room in my coffee because I'm going to put in lots of half and half. I'm going to have it overflow in my mug. I'm going to have it slander on the sides. I'm going to get all messy with it, you slut! <laughs> you know, she just didn't need to go there. You know, I'm in a committed relationship with a woman that cares about me. You know, somebody pour <coughs> cold water on this lady, you know? <laughs> you know? Same thing if you go to a Safeway and you're checking out and the girl's like, that's $44.95, Mr. Bojanowski. Would you like any nicer stamps? It's like, I don't think so. I'm not going to answer that. If you want to give me nicer stamps, go ahead. I'm not going to answer that. I mean, because if I answered it, it's almost like me saying, oh, yeah, give me about 50 books of stamps. So I'm going to take them home in my candlelight. I'm going to lick them individually, old school style, paste them all over my body, and mail myself to myself, you slut! <laughs> I'm very private. Uh, what? Guys, that's my time. I'm going to catch the program. The next meeting is Robin Hodge. Boy.
name's Avnav Goyal. I always feel weird wearing colors like pink or purple, because I always think that people say that I'm gay. Except on Valentine's Day, because then I fit right in with everyone's favorite Valentine's Day gift, chocolate wrapped in pink. <laughs> you already know, this is going to be chocolate wrapped in pink. <laughs> like, I honestly believe that Indians should be the most important people on Valentine's Day, and not because we're chocolate colored to remind you of something you want to eat, ladies. <laughs> But rather, because we're like the most romance-obsessed society in the world. In fact, we have an entire movie industry to prove it. Like in every movie, they're like romantic dances, they're love songs, and then there's always an epic fight for the girl between the hero and the bad guy who also wants the girl. <coughs> and at the, at the end of the movie, this girl's like ready to marry the hero. Like, sometimes he dies. But you better believe, before he dies, he romances the hell out of this girl. <laughs> and if that's not enough, two words. Kama Sutra. Yes, that's right, ladies. You already know, we know what's up. Or down. Or really, any way you want it. Because we can do that. Uh, so, I went out clubbing with my friend a couple days ago, and I hate going out clubbing with this friend, because he's like a little bit taller than me, he has less facial hair, and is white. Which means that when we go out, girls will look at him and just start addressing him with their eyes and then look at me and physically put more clothes on me. <laughs> like this process is really interesting because we have like about a 10 girl limit before we have to go back to the bathroom and reset and I'm giving him back his hat, his shoes, and even his boxers. Even though we know 10 girls later we're gonna end up repeating this entire thing again. Um, but it does work out eventually because my, my friend will end up finding a girl who has a female friend who's willing to settle for me. <laughs> Mainly because she can't see me under all those clothes. <laughs> so, my mom tried to raise me with like old school Indian values, even though I was born in America. Uh, which meant that she would always try to convince me that brown is best. Meaning, she'd buy me only like brown bread or chocolate ice cream. And when I tried to bring home a white dog, she was like, son, you can't bring home a white dog. That dog is going to have too many babies, spend all of your money, and then divorce you. <laughs> Son, you need to bring home a brown dog. That dog will always be obedient. It can never divorce you. Plus, since it's essentially going to be my daughter-in-law, I can make you do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and if it doesn't, it burns. Wait, what, Mom? What, it burns? Yes, son, in our old school Indian values, we believe that if a daughter-in-law disobeys her mother-in-law, she burns. It's very simple. Don't worry about it. I'm looking out for you. <laughs> and our culture. <laughs> Honestly, this entire conversation with my mom scared me so much. I'm only attracted to white girls now. <laughs> it's a good thing I live in America. Thanks, mom. <laughs> So a couple days ago, I was on Tinder and I was talking to this girl and I was like, hey, uh, do you want to meet up? She replied with, I feel like I'm taller than you. What? How tall are you? Six foot three. <laughs> well, I mean, we're the same height if I'm standing on stilts. <laughs> but you know, does that really matter? Because we're all the same. Horizontally. <laughs> right. All right. That's my time for tonight. Thank you guys very much. Up next is the amazing Melvin.
guys doing tonight? Everybody doing good tonight? Nice seeing all of you. I'm Alvin. Me and my wife, we, we decided one day to go to the zoo, and we went at the zoo, and the evil came with us that night. My mother-in-law, Maria. I can't stand her, man. I can't stand her. The reason that I can't stand her, I never saw a woman with a man's voice though. <laughs> we were watching the gorilla in the cage, and there were a lot of uh, kids around us too. She pulled a banana from her purse and started talking to the gorilla. It was very annoying. Hey, you big head, Mama Maria got banana fruit. Do you like bananas? I said, Maria, stop that. You didn't have to explain to the gorilla what she likes or doesn't like it. You throw the banana on, on the cage and they will find by, by themselves. Find, find out. And the kids, man, the kids that were around us got scared and ran away. Oh, shit! I said, oh, my God, this is going to be me now. And I told to my wife, listen, babe, we have to do something about her voice, though. Because she is scaring everybody here on the zoo. <laughs> the next thing I see five cops coming towards us. I say, you know, nobody talk. I do the talking. The officer came towards me and said, be careful, guys, be careful. Because those kids saw a goddamn Godzilla screaming and walking on the zoo. I said, officer, that's not the Godzilla, man. That's just my mother-in-law, Maria. <laughs> and she started talking back to the officer. Well, officer, do you know Mavlin? He is racist to the gorillas and he doesn't love gorillas? And the officer came back and told me, is that true, sir, that you are racist to the gorillas and you don't love gorillas? I said, no, officer, because I love more gorillas than I love my mother-in-law, I said. <laughs> and she talked back to the officer, you see, officer, he doesn't love me no more. I said, Maria, what are you talking about? I love you to death, I said, and you know that. But death comes first and you next. She said something that hurted me, man. She said, Melvin, she said, you son of a bitch. I said, damn, how did you know that? I thought only me and my family know that. <laughs> we got kicked out from the goddamn two, three of us. <laughs> man, my daughter, I pissed off of her. She is seven years old. She eats too much sugars. She has 10 teeth root canal, all of them. <laughs> now she's complaining her all the teeth hurt. So I took him to the dentist one day. The soon as she opened her mouth, the first word that dentist said, holy shit, man, I'm telling you, I said. If I don't stop it now, all her mouth is gonna be all the root canal. He said, Melvin, I got this. And he, he called one of his old patients. It was an old lady, like 85 years old. Miss, can you come here for a second? And she came over there, yes, doctor. Can you open your mouth for a second? She opened her mouth, man. She had only three teeth left in her mouth. And I went back to, to, to my daughter and said, listen, if you keep eating those goddamn candies, you're going to look like her. Do you want to look like her? And she's like, no, I don't want to look like her. Then stop eating those goddamn candies then. <laughs> Man, I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes. The reason that I don't like snakes is because my grandma got bite by one of those rattlesnakes. It was very bad. I thought there is no way she will survive that. Well, she proved me wrong. <laughs> the soon as the snake bite my grandma, the snake died in front of my eyes. <laughs> the next thing I find out, my grandma was more venom than a rattlesnake. <laughs> Man, I don't like cops. I don't like cops. They're abusive with their laws. One day I was going to my friend's house and I see a cop put a ticket to the car. I say, officer, what's wrong with the car? 
He said, sir, shouldn't be parked here. For this, we give a ticket. Really? You're going to put a ticket for it? Yes, sir, and you have to pay for it. No, I'm not paying the goddamn ticket, is it? Sir, you're going to pay that ticket. No, I'm not paying the goddamn ticket. We were fighting him. Bend over. Give me your, your, your hand. Behind your back. Oh, sir, don't take me to jail. He handcuffed me, man. He took me to jail. I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard the whole time. The sheriff guy comes there and says, sir, what's funny? What's funny so we all can laugh? Well, man, that's not my goddamn car, man. You got me off down here. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you so much. This is Melvin. One of, one of my friends, following is very funny to make it. Give it up for her. Give it up for Melvin. Y'all, I have got issues. When I sign my name, I sign it like I'm signing an autograph. When they bring a card around at work for one of my coworkers, I'm like, hey, hope you have a great day. Don't go changing. Hugs, hugs and kisses. Love ya. Then I sign this huge John Hancock, Valerie Roberts, swirly eye, 2016. Heart's heart, smiley face. <laughs> and that's a bereavement card. Imagine what I do with the happy birthday card. Can we stop with the upfront apologies? If you gotta preface what you're about to say with, you know, I probably shouldn't say this. You probably shouldn't say it. My favorite upfront apology is the racist comment. I get this all the time. People say all kinds of things to me. You know, I don't want to say anything racist. And then they go on to say the most racist crap you've ever heard in your life. I'm like, you can't see me, right? You do know I'm black. I'm standing right here. You've met me, Valerie, black girl, about this tall. You've seen me. But you know what? I'm kind of OK with it, because this is America. We have freedom of speech. Plus, it helps me win this game my friends and I like playing, spot the racist. <laughs> and I am real good at it, because I like knowing where those suckers are at all times. I like keeping my eye on them. I've got it narrowed down to the Mesa Gilbert area. <laughs> A couple spots in Scottsdale. So I've got a Fitbit. Who has one of these things? Fitbit. They're pretty nice, right? This thing is going to kill my black ass. This thing is going to kill me. You got to get 10,000 steps a day. I have a desk job. Do you know how hard that is? You have to constantly be moving, right? Just all day long, just standing there talking to people. Just, uh, you know, you got to make up excuses to walk. Instead of calling my coworker, I walk to their office. Instead of using the elevator, take the stairs. Instead of using the restroom that's right here by my department, I use the one way on the other side of the building. And with my bladder, I gotta move. <laughs> and then even when you get to the bathroom, you can't stop. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> But when you hit your 10,000 steps, the Fitbit starts vibrating, and it has a little graphic on the screen, a little celebration, a little reward. I'm like, you know what, Fitbit? Do you want to reward me? Vibrate when I get within 100 feet of a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> or a McDonald's or something, something useful. 
all these commercials on TV for these medications for diseases I've never heard of. I think they're making some of them up. All these diseases, they just sound like band names to me. Live at Sun Devil Stadium, in one show only, deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> With opening act, transvaginal mesh. <laughs> Closing out the show on a special late night performance, non-24 sleep-wake disorder. Tickets on sale at all Dillard's box offices. Who remembers Dillard's box office? Who remembers concerts at Sun Devil Stadium? Y'all are old as hell. As am I. I really like Adele, right? She's great. Yeah. And she has this great concept. All of her albums are named after whatever her current age is and all of her songs are about whatever's happening in her life at the time. Right, great concept. So she has Adele 19, Adele 21, and her current album is Adele 25. I like that. If I ever have an album, it's gonna be called Valerie 51. But I can't use her songs exactly the way she has them. Like, at 51, I don't wanna be singing, Hello from the other side. <laughs> I guess in the middle of the night I died. <laughs> My favorite Adele song, I think it's from her last album. I, I can't use the words, they don't work for me, but I really like the beat of the song, so I'll replace it with my own words. There's a pain that started in my back. <laughs> Worked itself around to the front, now it feels like a heart attack. <laughs> Getting older is such a freaking trip. Every time I move, I almost break my head. Just, come on, y'all. The stars were shining so brightly above us as I was watching them, I almost had a fall. The stars were shining and I felt ageless as I was watching, I almost had a fall. Getting in my Jeep, I really need to watch my step, and I need to get some sleep. That's my time, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Singing and comedy. Valerie Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Did you have a nice time? Did you enjoy yourself, folks? Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, if you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, there's some uh, flyers on the table. I'll tell you about how you might be able to start. If you want to do that in a few weeks, they're sitting out there. You could be up here with us. Let's have a hand for all the comics we saw tonight. Come out tomorrow night to see Valerie and I for the Valentine's Show. My name is Tony Bisson. Thank you very much. Good night.